2: April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, Details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com
3: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom like Evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
1: Hey team, Dave here, just dropping in at the start of the episode to tell you that you are about to hear our second live episode recorded at the Melbourne Comedy Festival with me reporting. It was exciting times and thank you so much to everyone that came out. It really was a lot of fun, so much fun that you'll notice at the start of the episode uh, I get a little bit excited on the microphone. So it uh, peaks a little bit at the start of the episode, but don't worry, once the report starts, it definitely settles down a lot more. I'll uh, have a chat to you again at the end of this episode, but without further ado, please enjoy this week's Do Go On. Oh, thank you! You didn't have to do that at all! Oh my god!
0: Hello!
2: Yeah,
1: you can join the show!
0: I was waiting for you to intro me, I don't
2: know, I'm sorry. Hello! I, I was just getting a final update on the score, the Saints won by 30. Oh, uh, no one...
0: Was that literally what the update was? Yes. As in, oh, that's amazing. Okay,
2: cool. Andrew runs this venue, ran up to me, I'm like, oh shit, what's happening? She said, Saints won by 30. Alright.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so welcome to the footy podcast. Yeah. Um, hi, hi everyone. Hi, uh, welcome guys. to uh, Do Go On Live at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. How you doing? <laughs> I like, oh, I like yeah. how
2: everyone crowded up the front here. Yeah, thank you. There's a weird yeah. were you, like. Seven were you leaving seats? that for me? <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Not there again.
0: Go. There's a few seats at the front. If anybody at the back wants to move forward, this isn't the type of show where we're going to hang shit on you. Like you're welcome. Here he comes. Connor's coming down.
2: Oh. Look at this dickhead up the front. Oh. Look at this dickhead <laughs> coming up the front. No. There we go. Thank at you. least
0: this way you can you can see. Anybody, uh, people at the back, can you see us? Okay. Yes, excellent. Yeah, Last they, week we were on normal chairs these guys, like idiots. The, these
1: guys get to touch us okay. You like that? Yeah. Bit of a, should have moved, should have moved, could have got this experience.
0: Dave, Dave, please never touch an audience member and say, do you like that <laughs> ever again?
1: I'm really, really sorry.
0: <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, if you have uh, just
1: joined us, as you all have, uh, my name is Dave and I'm here with uh, Jess and Matt and we are very excited to be doing our second ever live episode. Give me a round of applause if you've heard the show before. <laughs> Okay, I'm starting to panic because the one person who didn't clap was the woman I touched. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so, <laughs> is it true that you've never heard the show? Oh, my God, she's never heard it, but she's been touched by the show. Uh, give me a round of applause if, like this poor lady, you've never heard the show before. Cool, cool, cool. They're always the most enthusiastic people. Uh, thanks for coming along. And finally, give us a round of applause if you were here last week for our first live show.
0: Yeah, feel yeah, the weirdos
1: up the front. All right, great to have you back here. Uh, we are we are very excited, aren't we, guys? And uh,
0: in a way, Dave, we're the weirdos up the front, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I just touched a lady. <laughs>
1: that's very strange. Oh, I'm so sorry. But um, it's great to be here, Matt. How are you doing over there?
2: Yeah, good. Saints by 30. So. <laughs> yeah,
0: don't know if you mentioned that. Yeah, that'll
1: uh, matter in about four days' time when this comes out to everyone else. Yes,
2: it will. Oh. <laughs>
0: And you can hear us, okay? No.
2: Oh, that's no good. Thanks, Emma. We've got our technician to uh, turn us up a little that's bit. Well, oh, oh, yes.
0: Hello. We said no, before,
2: Dave. I mean, that's on.
0: It's there. <laughs> it's so. Uh, it's really the user problem, isn't it? Yeah. Matt
1: likes technique. to hold his microphone about down here. And he's like, "Why is that working?
0: No, but then he still talks like." And then anyway, I noticed <laughs> that. Down. But it's down here. Now you're okay.
1: Is that a bit better? Can you, yeah. hear, uh, can you hear me now, obviously, and that's really all He's the most matters. Important, so
0: Can maybe give, give me some juice, Sammy? Oh, no, I'm okay. I'm all right. We I do. We, we, anyway, we only have an hour,
2: obviously. I know, sorry. So we, we,
1: what we wanted it's to so do was spend
2: the first 10 to 15 mic checking in front yeah. of you guys.
1: <laughs> when you say we only have an hour, we also only had an hour to set up. <laughs> so, so that was obviously a waste yeah, of time, was but, uh,
0: but good. Uh, hang on, but hand good. Hand um, before you start. Oh, yes. Before you start. There you go. Yeah,
2: I've got. Hey, you guys, have you guys heard of. Hey, we got our first sponsor today. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm going to do a real good job reading this ad copy, and then you guys are going to go buy the sweet product. <laughs> all right, great. As long as we're all agreed. You guys heard of uh, what uh, the product is called uh, 360 Fly? You know that? Yep. It's like a camera. <laughs> I don't know re- if you're lying, but I like your nodding. It's good. It's good. It's a camera that records all around you, 360 degrees, right? Oh! oh. Matt, Matt, please, tell me more about this fantastic new product. Uh, that's all I know, but there's a promo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why did we get him to do it? The, Dave's a, the salesman. But you know? how,
2: it's, re- it's a really good thing. Um, and, and for you guys, uh, there's a 15% off code, uh, and it's PLANET and uh, you go to 360fly.com. Also mention the live event was filmed using one and they allow for 360 degree footage. So cool.
0: (laughs) I think it was written like, so cool.
2: Oh, so cool. There we
0: go.
1: So good. (laughs) Nailed it. So uh, just by a show of hands, who's going to buy a camera just after this?
0: Anyone? Uh, They've all got their hands up. They've all got their hands up.
1: We've done our job. We've done our job. Well, thank you very much for that uh, amazing ad read there, Matt.
2: No, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> uh,
1: now, if you haven't heard the show before, like you and a few other people, we, usually we, um, we don't do an ad, but we did today. And usually we talk uh, about a topic. Yes. It is one of our jobs to report on said topic, and the other people uh, just get to listen.
0: We just get to riff.
1: Yeah. There's a lot less listening and a lot less riffing yeah. lately. But uh, it is my turn this week to uh, do, a, do a report.
0: Which is the best! <laughs> Firstly, because Dave's reports are... Literally the best uh, Because he Puts effort in um, But I mean, also look, look because at this,
4: look, look at this Look at this oh. so We're not going to through it, We're
0: not get through get that. Through it. Um, But also because It just means that Matt and I get to Just hang shit on Dave Which is our favourite thing to do Would you agree?
2: Yes Hey Dave How about Hitler You dickhead <laughs> <laughs> Got him yeah. How about yeah. him? I don't have anything I don't affiliate myself You probably need A little context there <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, okay, no. No, she doesn't, she doesn't. Allow me to fill you
2: in. Dave has a certain sympathy, and that is... It's not true. ...for the Nazis. Loves them, so... Yeah, you were touched by a Nazi, that's right. (laughs) To quote him
0: directly, they weren't that bad.
1: No! No, we all go back to the tape, which we will... Everyone get your iPhones out now. I'm not a Nazi, but I am going to, uh, to,
2: to do a report here today.
0: He's, such a, he's so showbiz that he can't, like... I can't sit down. Oh, yeah, okay. Hey, you do I'm not a with? Nazi
2: butt, is what you just
0: said. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Nazi. My butt Sorry. is not
1: a Nazi. That is what I'm trying to say, and neither is the rest of me, and I'd like to talk about something else. Is that okay with you? Mm, fine. Yeah, thank you. Let's cheer for me not talking about Nazis. All right. Um, so I've chosen the topic from the hat, which... As last week, if you've heard the last week's episode, it's now called Jack the Hat McVitie. That's the title of, of the hat. And uh, one of our suggest, uh, listeners has suggested this. And uh, I don't know, no one else really knows this, but every idea that goes into the hat gets given a number. We don't usually read out the numbers because they're not very significant. But this week I've chosen idea zero, zero, 001. Oh,
0: the, first, the OG suggestion. Oh,
1: the first one. Nothing but the best So we're going to start with a question As we always do And my question for both Matt and Jess And then once they've failed to grasp the answer We can throw over to you
0: Unless we nail it first time we so um, never going go to you, yep
1: <clears throat> The question is In 1886 Oh, I'm out Matt?
2: Ah, oh, it was a good year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You son
1: of a bitch <laughs> It was a good year and a good year because uh, American man John Pemberton invented what food product? What food product? 1886. Invented the in food product.
0: He That's invented what? the carrot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've finally done it. <laughs>
0: it's like a mad scientist. <laughs> he invented a food. 1886.
1: Yeah, it's going to
2: be. It'll be a big product like How m- old were McDonald's you then, burger. I was I was a teen. I was mm. a young teen. <laughs>
0: Mm. Um,
2: what was I eating back then? Yeah, uh.
0: I mean, cast your mind back,
2: if you can. It's a food product, food so product. an e- a thing you eat and chew, like a food... Oh, no,
1: there's no chewing. There's no. Well, you could, but it's so weird. Soup! He invented soup! Soup is closer than a food product. Okay, Let's it's just a say. liquid. What, what about a,
0: a liquid drink? Okay, 1886.
2: 1886. I think I, think I know this, because I reckon I've seen the number one entry in the hat. Is it Coca-Cola?
1: It is Coca-Cola, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. History. <laughs> oh, I've never heard of it.
0: Oh, they go to some dark places This do go on podcast. Oh, they certainly <laughs> They take do. on the big dogs. I'm going to talk about... 360
2: Fly had to pay us for that ad, and now we're going to talk about Coca-Cola for an hour.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they've paid me a lot. They've paid me a lot. How
1: about you guys? Are you guys Coke drinkers? Oh, I thought you were
0: going to say, did we get the money from Coke? And we did no. not. Um, and you never will. No,
2: I'm not a Cola guy at all. Don't like it. No good. Okay. Well, you're not getting sponsored by Coke.
0: Jess? Big fan. Big fan. Yeah, I, I wish I wasn't, but I am a big fan.
2: All right, how about everyone here? Give
1: me a round of applause if you love the cola. Yeah.
0: But like, a- but everybody has their type too, like whether you're a classic Coke or a diet Coke or a Coke Zero or a vanilla. Hello, Fancy.
1: Or J- J- Jess is definitely getting the sponsorship money.
0: <laughs> I could list four Cokes. I'm a diet Coke fan myself, oh. just so you know. Very nice. Because well, I'm a white woman in her 20s. <laughs> well, for you and the 50% of
1: people here who actually care about Coke,
2: here <laughs> is the story. I, I'm actually more of a Pepsi guy. I'm a bit of uh. a revolutionary, protester, fight the power. Yeah.
1: You know? Someone just handed you a Coke, a Pepsi, and you thought, yeah, the was going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did everyone see that ad? Fuck, it was great. <laughs> And I'm a Coke guy. I'm not.
4: I'm, I'm not, a I'm gonna, Coke
1: guy. I'm going straight down the middle here. I don't like Coke or Pepsi. I don't like fizzy drinks because they they, uh, they hurt my tongue. <laughs> so, I'm a water man. I'm a water man. See, that is mine. Love water. Live for water. I, some, some people are, what, 50% water? I'm 96% water. 4%, 4% undecided. Okay. John... Seriously, there's like so many words to get through. That's so here we go. Your fault. I know. I'm going to stand up to <laughs> okay. launch the topic. <laughs> just
0: John, st- just stand the whole time. He's still my height. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> John Pemberton was born on January eighth, eighteen thirty-one. A good year. In Knoxville, Georgia. He entered the Reform Medical College of Georgia, and in eighteen fifty, at the age of nineteen, he was licensed to practice pharmacy. Shortly thereafter, he met uh, Anne Eliza Clifford Lewis of Columbus. Known to her friends as Cliff.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Yep. She's On board. Cool. I was about to be like, she has too many names, but then they call her Cliff, and I'm like, no, nah, okay, that's alright. That's a the good best nickname. one. That's a good nickname.
1: Uh, she was also a student. They married in 1853, and they had one child, Charles Nay Pemberton. Nay. I know it's a bit like Charles Nee Pemberton, like He's, he wait, used to be called Pemberton. His middle name is Nay. Nay.
2: He was. He was. <laughs> he was a horse. <laughs> No, his parents were a horse, one horse one. somehow, and they. His parents were a horse. And they said, "What would you like to name this child?" No, you see, I mean, you probably didn't need me to keep no. going there.
0: Everyone got that,
2: yeah. So
1: right, okay. Uh, uh, so together they lived in a stable house, uh, the Pemberton house. In uh, Columbus, which I believe has since been named the Pemberton House, not that, that they happened to move into a house bearing their uh. surname. Which my grandparents moved into, uh, their, their surname is Ferguson, and they moved into a street not knowing that it was called F- Ferguson Court.
0: They didn't know the name of the street they were Did moving into. It was a different time. <laughs> I think your grandparents are squatters. <laughs> They're still there. <laughs> No, they're claiming squatters' rights. (laughs) They named the street (laughs) after us. We've clearly been here a long time. (laughs) Try and argue
1: with that. (laughs) Uh, During the American Civil War, Pemberton served in the 3rd Cavalry Battalion of the Georgia State Guard, which was at that time a component of the Confederate Army. He achieved the rank... (laughs) That's right, Coca-Cola was invented by a Confederate. The baddies, right? Yes. Well, depending... (laughs)
2: Well, yes. Depending, yeah. D- Dave. Dave would disagree, but <laughs> why? Why do I always back the losing side?
1: Uh, he achieved the rank of lieutenant colonel. It's quite a rank. In April 1865, Pemberton sustained a saber wound to the chest. Saber. Saber. How cool is that? During, well, not for him, but to say, to say, 150 years later, it's pretty cool. Uh, this was during the Battle of Columbus He was seriously injured and nearly died Which would especially have sucked for him As that is often cited as the last battle of the entire Civil War So he nearly made it And then he got stabbed on the chest on the last day Ugh. Uh, He soon became addicted to morphine and other painkillers He used to ease the pain associated with his sabre wound Pussy
0: <laughs> what is a Take a sabre like a man
1: <laughs> Back in my day Which is 150 years later we knew how to take a sabre <laughs> to the chest. Uh, his whole life, uh, he was uh, looking for a get-rich-quick scheme and created a lot of medicines and other tonics and the like.
0: I mean, aren't we all? <laughs> That's why we got into podcasting. Yeah.
1: So far, it's working out great. Yeah. We've got Col- Coca-Cola money behind us now. <laughs> uh, his first recipe for these get-rich-quick schemes was called Dr Tugel's Compound Syrup of Globe Flour. Nap. Which I think we can all agree is a very catchy name. Yeah
0: buying that by the, by the slab. Uh,
1: if I can shoehorn a Simpsons reference in here. It reminds me of Troy McClure's film, The Contrabulous Traption of Professor Horatio Horfungal. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Shugel's compound syrup of globe flower. Uh, he, uh, so that didn't take off. Unbelievable, I know. It was a different time. <laughs> Uh, he began experimenting with uh, coca and coca wines, eventually creating a recipe which contained extracts of cola, with a K, the cola nut and the Damiana shrub. He called this one Pemberton's French
0: wine cola. He's learning. He's learning. That's a bit of, that's a bit, better, bit better. I'm still not buying French wine cola. Uh, well, well, I'll tell you, French wine... Uh, you well and truly zoned out for a while there, didn't you? I, <laughs> I turned around and just, like, asked Matt what he thought and his face was just like... <laughs> no, he's gone. All right.
2: What are we talking about?
0: <laughs> so, uh, French wine, uh,
2: cola,
1: French wine cola. It, it had uh, French wine coca in it, which is a combination of cocaine, alcohol, and French wine.
2: All right, um, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was
1: going to say, Matt, how do you feel about this? Real good. <laughs> uh, well, you're going to love it because un- among many fantastic claims, he called it a most wonderful invigorator of sexual organs. Hmm? Okay. (laughs) You listening? I'm listening. I'm listening. Uh, uh, It was marketed as a medicine and was advertised as particularly beneficial for quote, ladies and all those sedentary employment causes nervous (laughs) prostration. Don't, don't, (laughs) don't. They
2: just had a little bit of that French wine. Yeah. (laughs) They are going through the roof next door. Don't acknowledge it though. Wrestling fans. I did did last week. There's no wrestling fans in here, is there? Thank goodness. The worst people. (laughs) We're all cola fans, right?
1: 45 minutes to go. Uh, It was also suggested that this French uh, cola wine was a cure for morphine addiction, which is absolute bullshit because it didn't even help the inventor to kick his morphine addiction. (laughs) Uh, in 1885, Atlanta, which uh, Pemberton had moved to, brought in legislation to ban the consumption of alcoholic drinks. Pemberton panicked, scrambled to develop a non-alcoholic version of his popular products. We had to get the the cocaine is fine. It's going to get the fucking wine out of there. <laughs> uh, he experimented with making a new non-alcoholic drink and perfected his recipe through trial and error, using different combinations and getting his friend to test them at his pharmacy. It's called Jacob's Pharmacy, not owned by a man called Jacob. <laughs> Hugely
0: disappointing. Uh,
1: He decided to sell it as a recreational fountain drink rather than a medicine. And a fountain drink is what soft drinks were referred to at the time. They were made using a big big machine called a soda fountain that combined thick flavoured syrup, carbonated water and ice. Pretty much like a drink dispenser at like a Subway or McDonald's now. You with me? (laughs) Soda fountain. Soda fountain. A fountain.
0: What were they? Wait. What do they call them? It's okay, fountain. so I need
1: you to imagine some sort no, of fountain. No, no, no. I
0: understand the fountain. I, l- I l- yeah, good. I on. am the man.
1: I am the man that struggled to comprehend what a soda stream oh my was. Oh
0: <laughs> we, we, we went the through
1: point? it. A l- I know. We went through this a lot. <laughs> Again, the bubbles hurt my tongue. <laughs> uh, at the time, uh, soda fountains were a popular thing. Uh, they were especially popu- popular, popular uh, in uh, contrast to saloons, which were seen as seedy sort of things where. Um, Sort of rough and tough men would go, but uh, women at the time were rarely seen in saloons. So these soda fountain places were a great place for families and the like to gather along, and that's what the target demographic for I'd be at the saloon.
0: I'd be at the saloon. saloon? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Picking fights, playing the piano. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: would. This
0: girl gets it. I get it. I'd be in the saloon. You're coming in. I'd be chewing tobacco. (laughs) (laughs) You said the word. (laughs) Spitting tobacco. Is that what they did,
2: yeah? I missed the uh, setup for that.
0: Where are you?
2: It's a bloody good question. Saints by 30. Um.
1: <laughs> Struggling to get over it. <laughs> now, when you create a drink and you decide to name it Dr Tuchel's Compound Syrup of Clove Flour, you realise pretty quickly that you need a marketing guy on board. You've got no idea what you're doing. So or ap-
0: girl. Or girl.
2: Oh, oh, oh yes. Okay. Nazi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so they are traditionally misogynists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> women can do marketing too, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> women
1: can do Nazis too, Jess. <laughs> uh,
0: women can ask, do Nazis. Ask no, Eva Braun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a... Uh, uh, I believe it's... I believe it's Ava Braun, but close. Fuck. <laughs> you know. <do. laughs> Look, I was like, okay, so the part of me that loves facts overrode the bit that doesn't want to be called a Nazi. That?
0: That'll always win with you, won't it? Yeah.
1: Um, so enter a marketing man or woman named Frank Robinson. <laughs> Women can be frank. A man or woman who moved to Atlanta, <laughs> he, got a, he got a job with Pemberton. He had an eye for marketing and called the new, found, uh, the new fountain drink Coca-Cola. Interesting. Cola coming from the coca leaves. Sorry, coca coming from the coca leaves. (laughs) Coca coming from the cola and uh, cola coming from the coca leaves.
2: He loves facts. He
1: loves them. It was uh, an interesting, uh, interesting take. He was also responsible, this guy guy, or girl, Frank. He was responsible, he or she was responsible for writing the uh, Coca-Cola... he wrote out the uh, Coca-Cola in that script writing that they still use. It's called Spencerian Script, which is popular with bookkeepers at the time. And he had a bookkeeper background.
2: That one was Wait, hang on. Like an accountant.
1: He was...
0: <laughs> Please move on.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the, the logo is still pretty much unchanged. One of the most recognised trademarks in the world, as we all know. Uh, the uh, Coca-Cola formula was introduced at Jacobs Pharmacy in Atlanta in May 1886. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Did someone say it? Because I've got a note here saying, it was a good year.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. That was the one that I was oh, like, no. I'm not your monkey. It, it wa- <laughs> I will say it when I decide to it say it. It was a
1: good year, especially for American icons in the making because it's also the year that the Statue of Liberty was unveiled.
0: Oh. Ooh.
1: That one was for the Statue of Liberty fans. <laughs> uh, the Coca-Cola... Fountain Formula sold twenty-five gallons and ninety-five liters in its first year. The drink made Pemberton fifty dollars that year. going I was say,
0: that's not a lot, but it made fifty bucks. Is but okay.
1: Uh, I've got. It says here, which sounds great. Obviously he doesn't. However, Sorry. it cost him $76 to make. Okay.
0: So <laughs> not, no, a, not a good year.
1: <laughs> oh, no. It was not a good year. <laughs> the Statue of Liberty was making millions. <laughs> uh, he wasn't.
0: Uh, the next year,
1: Coca-Cola fed a little better and sales increased to 1,000 gallons or nearly 4,000 litres.
0: That's quite a jump. It's quite good. Their marketing team must be very good. Oh, very
1: good. The, the men and women behind the marketing. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing their job. Uh, people seem to be enjoying the drink for its taste. But Pemberton didn't think that was enough and continued to make many health claims for his product, touting it as a, quote, valuable brain tonic that would cure headaches, relieve exhaustion and calm nerves. He marketed it as delicious, r- refreshing, refreshing and refreshing, <laughs> pure joy, exhilarating and invigorating. Oh,
0: how refreshing.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> this tr- My headache is gone and I'm feeling very refreshed. Do you refreshed. know
0: what, though? Actually, uh, I do get migraines. And one of the things that they suggest is... Cocaine. Is coke. Cocaine. <laughs> Cocaine. And you know what? It sorts me right up. All better. Can Coca-Cola really help a headache? Yeah. Yeah, I find it does, actually. But this is irrelevant. Um, but some people find, like, caffeine will make it worse, and others find it helps, and I find it helps. Great. So if you've got a headache... Just uh, if you're take wondering.
1: A, take a punt. it yeah. <laughs> could, could end terribly. Uh, soon after Coca-Cola hit the market... Hemberton, this is our man that invented it all, fell ill and became nearly bankrupt. Sick and desperate, he began selling rights to his formula to biz- business partners in Atlanta. Part of his motivation to sell actually came from his expensive continuing morphine addiction. Despite the. Uh, it's not cheap.
0: Syrup. It's not the cheapest addiction. What is the cheapest addiction?
2: Uh, reading. Free. Reading. <laughs> reading. Reading.
0: So Say
2: reading? Yeah, reading. But, I mean, you've still got to pay for you got to buy books. the books, so... I,
1: I think the cheapest addiction is water. This podcast brought to you by... <laughs> oh, I love a good water. This is just as an excuse for me to have a drink.
0: And it doesn't hurt your tongue. Oh, it's You're, so bubble-free. <laughs> your delicate little tongue. Uh, so he's addicted to morphine. He's selling it off. I like you standing. You say standing. Okay. Can you walk around the front like it's a presentation? And then we'll just kind of critique you from back here. There's questions. Uh,
1: Question from the audience. Speak into that microphone. Your Your lead's pretty long. Was it carbonated? Yes, it was carbonated. Next question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) An excellent question. Yeah, this is great. Anything else? I feel more comfortable here. Do you? Hmm? Can good. you try to pay attention? Just yeah, a no bit. I am.
1: I'm, lock, I'm locking in. So, Pemberton's selling it off, everybody. Uh, the biggest investor and eventual sole owner of Coca Cola was Atlanta businessman Asa Candler. Candler was a self made and very self made man, very religious, who had refused, he had refused college and decided instead to move to Atlanta for work. He initially, when he moved to town, asked John Pemberton for a job, who turned him down. Don't worry about Asa, because in a few years he worked his way up to own his own pharmacies. He was very very successful. When Frank Robinson, the man or woman who's behind the marketing of Coca-Cola... He
0: Women ter- can be Frank Robinson.
1: yes, yeah. He came into Asa uh, Kenler 's pharmacy to ask if he wanted to sell Coca-Cola at his pharmacy, because that was sort of his job. He went around to pharmacy to pharmacy, saying, hey, do you want to sell this in your fountain? Uh, Asa turned it down, mainly because he didn't even have a fountain to sell it. But Robinson persuaded him to uh, try the drink, and Asa loved it. He loved it so much, he decided to buy the entire formula.
0: He bought the whole thing.
1: He bought it all. Uh, meanwhile, the poor old Coke inventor, John Pemberton, died from stomach cancer at age 57 in August 1888, just two years after creating Coca-Cola. On the day of his funeral, as a sign of respect, not one drop of Coca-Cola was dispensed in the city. But he would have no... One, which is... <laughs> A very small <laughs> consolation prize. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fucked. <laughs> Sorry,
1: on, the, on the day of Jess's funeral, not one podcast shall be listened to.
0: I'll know. Oh, I'll know. You'll, you'll haunt them from beyond I'm the grave. I'm going to haunt your phones. Or <laughs> preferred listening devices. Uh, by uh,
1: 1891, Asa Candler was the sole owner to the rights of Coca-Cola and all up it only cost him $2,300. $2,300?
0: $2, bucks. mm hmm All right,
1: yeah. Not a bad investment.
0: Do you want to go thirdsies?
2: I don't think I can scrape together a (laughs) third of that, to be honest.
0: Podcasting is going so well, you guys.
1: You're telling me that the Coca-Cola company has just, for some reason, offered you to buy the whole company for $2,300 and you can't scratch it up.
0: No, you can't scratch a third of it. (laughs) Like, you're, okay, ass prod, You're, you're... like the one on the big dollars is like, you guys don't have $2,300. Adorable, I have that in my shoe. <laughs> it's pocket change. I'm
1: very successful.
0: <laughs> uh, if someone
1: offered me to buy a several hundred billion dollar company for a third of $2,300, i would be in.
0: Interesting, good to know, good to know.
1: <laughs> what if we went thirds, us two, and the other third, everyone else here chipped in? Are you guys in for a couple of bucks each?
0: Yeah. That's
1: what I'm talking go. about.
0: Uh, Don't try and buy their love like that. That's
2: Uh, that's how you get involved, sir. How do I get involved?
0: (laughs) Three
1: dollars (laughs) a piece. By 1891, Asa Candler was the sole owner, as I said. He founded the Coca-Cola Company, so he made the he didn't make make just Coke. He called it the Coca-Cola Company. Oh, he made a corporation. We're going to branch out. Oh yeah, he immediately began expanding the business, and just four years later, there was Coca-Cola factories in Dallas, Chicago, and Los Angeles. Or on this show. Los Angeles. In
4: 1895,
1: three years after the Coca-Cola company's incorporation, when he went public with it, Mr. Candler announced in his annual report to uh, shareholders that Coca-Cola is now drunk in every state and territory in the United States. So
0: just three years later. And territory.
1: And territory. Every state and territory. I'm talking Puerto Rico, Guam, (laughs) etc.
0: Nailed it.
2: This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, not in a way that's like, oh, my God, it's expanding. Like yeah, yeah. Physically. Like it's
0: growing more customers, yes. more interest, not like it's going to explode.
2: Yeah, not like it's a building that's like blowing up and yeah, it's oh, yeah.
0: what's happening? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Anyway, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And I don't think they mean for marriage.
0: You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products, or you offer services like massage.
1: Uh, Candler also marketed the product unlike anyone else Had ever marketed anything before So blowing his competition out of the water So these other imitators are coming along And he's like "Mm, mm."
0: Sorry hang on what's he like He's
1: like "Mm, (laughs)
0: Thank (laughs) you for clarifying
1: (laughs) He called a meeting and was just like "Mm,
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the secretary's taking minutes Like (laughs) Shakes head three, four, five times Okay
1: (laughs) Sometimes these meetings would go for several hours. (laughs) I actually did read about him. I said he was a very religious man. He actually uh, started his meetings by getting everyone in the meeting to sing in unison, Onwards Christian Soldier.
0: Which is how we start this podcast.
1: Onwards Christian Soldier. And he's just up the front going... "Mm." (laughs) It is
2: music to my ears. Literally. The the music is. Oh, yeah. What a weirdo. (laughs)
1: Uh, he put the Coca-Cola logo on everything, so no one else had ever done this. He put it on souvenir fans,
0: calendars, clocks, urns. and He put it on the fans? On the fans. Oh, souvenir fans. <laughs> yes.
1: Like, give yeah. me some air, not get me. Not get the fuck away from me, I'm Justin Bieber type thing.
0: This is yeah, difference. that's what I was thinking. I was like, we've got to put the Dugoan on logo on all of these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'll get started. Um, <laughs> sit still, everybody. Uh, he also put the uh, logo on
1: advertisements all over the country. He then sent salesmen across the country to distribute hundreds of thousands of coupons good for one free Coke, hoping that people would like it as much as him, and after they had one, they'd want another, and another, and another, and so on and so forth. Was cocaine still in it? At this time, yes. (laughs) I reckon they might want another. (laughs) Another, another. (laughs) Suddenly, having 50 Cokes a day. Uh, As demand for Coca-Cola increased, I wonder why, the company quickly outgrew its facilities. They, uh built a new building as its headquarters in 1898, and Candler stood up the front, sang Onwards Christian Soldiers, went, and then said, this building will do us from here on forever. It was inadequate in over, in just under a decade. So they outgrew it in, in a decade. We've got another question from the man in the hat. Oh, <laughs> Hat man. Where were they getting the cocaine at the time?
4: Huh?
1: Where were they getting the cocaine at the time? The cocaine factory, sir. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> um, uh, so the cocaine was actually uh, part of the by-product that I they were getting. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, we've got you a job at coke. I can't get you a job at the cocaine factory as well. You'll have to sort it, sort it out. Give me your resume, I'll pass it on. Uh, so it was actually a by-product of when they, they're getting this uh, coca and, and coca leaves, it's actually just coming out from that.
0: That's what the cocaine's coming from. From coca leaves. Mm.
2: I don't think anyone actually wanted to no, know. No, no one cared. That was a little j- joke question there. And <laughs> Hey,
1: I hear a question and I answer a question. <laughs> um, by 1900, Candler was one of the richest men in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, but in 1900, so like, pfft, an Atlanta.
1: Shout out to our listeners, in Atlanta. <laughs> uh, Candler, he caught it controversy when people caught on that cocaine was in Coca-Cola. Cocaine wasn't actually illegal in the United States until 1914, but by 1903, the tide of uh, public opinion had turned against this because people were addicted to things like morphine and cocaine. So it was frowned upon. So oh. people were thinking, I don't want to drink that.
0: So cocaine was a no no. Interesting. Was, mm, but it wasn't a technically bad illegal. Year. It was a bad year. It was a different time.
1: Uh, all the cocaine was removed uh, from uh, the product in 1903. However, cocaine wouldn't, be, uh, cocaine wouldn't be cocaine-free, and neither would Coca-Cola. wouldn't become completely cocaine-free until 1929, when scientists perfected the process of removing all the uh, elements from the coca
2: leaf extract. There you go. Do you know who was starting to also rise up around that oh, time? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> was
0: it the team who was up by 30 today? Was that who it was? Yeah.
2: Nah, that was a bad year for the Saints, but... (laughs) Uh,
0: Should be noted that uh, officially the devout
1: Candler denied that cocaine was actually found in the drink and to this day the Coca-Cola company denied that it was ever in the drink but it's almost universally agreed that it did.
0: I zoned out. (laughs) And then he looked at me for approval. I was like, no, no. So it's
2: sort of like a Scientology kind of history. Rewritten a little bit. We Uh, were good always. Coke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's the new slogan. Just like Scientology, we were good always.
0: Or the Nazis, for example, Dave.
1: I'm putting my thumb down.
0: We were never that bad. Nazi party. Uh, you have a
4: cry
2: now, Dave. Oh uh, no, I'm trying to move on. I'm trying to move on. I want our three sixty fly. I think this episode's going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Uh, Canler was obviously a great businessman, but he overlooked one big opportunity, and that was he thought uh, Coke was going great, sold at these fountain things. And people approached him saying, you should bottle this and send it around the country. And he was like, nah, there's no money in bottling Coke. <laughs> what are you talking about? So there are two men uh, came up to him, Benjamin Thomas, Joseph Whitehead. They asked if they could uh, sign a exclusive rights to sell uh, Coke in bottles. And he said, yes, I'll do it for one dollar. What? That's me banging my head on the microphone. Uh, a the dollar. two men. Matt? One dollar, because he was like, it'll never
0: catch on.
2: I reckon I could get that together. <laughs> a third of a dollar.
0: I think mean, you'd probably have to ask your mum, but it would be right. <laughs> mum, could I borrow a third of a dollar? I'm not sure how much exactly that is, mum.
2: Yes, I'll keep the change.
4: <laughs> Fuck. <laughs>
2: Uh, The two men
1: started bottling the drink and it proved uh, extremely popular. So popular that it became... uh, The people across the USA wanted the bottles so the men had to set up more bottling plants, but they didn't have enough money for the capital so they started sub-licensing their license to other people and said, like, uh, licensing to different people in different towns. Like, alright, you can be the official licensor in this town. You build your own bottle and you give us some of the money. So they did that and... uh, over the next 20 years, the number of plants grew from 2 to more than 1,000 across the USA. 95% of them locally owned and operated. So wow. these people have got the exclusive rights and then sold them on. And now they're getting rich as well. Uh, the Coca-Cola company uh, asked uh, bottle manufacturers to submit designs for a bottle for Coca-Cola that were so distinctive that it could be recognised by touch
0: in the dark. Or in landfill. <laughs> Coke bottle. <laughs> Body. <laughs> My hopes and dreams. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that got the biggest laugh, you jerks. (laughs) (laughs) Jess doesn't have dreams. I'm
1: just trying to create a story between the three of those things. There's a dead person, (laughs) one Coke, and Jess is really sad.
2: What are you doing there, Jess? Nothing. What have you just done? Nothing.
0: Less questions. Uh, I'm guessing
2: you just bottled that guy. (laughs) And knowing that the cops are coming to arrest you, your hopes and dreams are in the ground as well. You fucking piece of work.
1: Uh, In 1915, they picked a design that was especially good for bottling people to death. (laughs) (laughs) Convenient.
0: And uh, from then on... Show me your notes. (laughs) He has it there. He gets (laughs) me.
1: It was a good year. (laughs) Uh, 1915, they chose that. And then from then on, it was all one bottle for everyone across the USA. And the Coca-Cola was actually the first product to be sold in six packs.
0: Oh. I thought Matt... Matt, I thought (laughs) yogurt was first.
2: Wait, what? You thought I'd be appreciating things being grouped together in six? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're right. (laughs) That makes me really happy. That's great. Thank you.
0: I'd prefer it rounded up to ten, but that's... You want a ten pack? Yeah, I want a ten pack. I said that like
1: it's a weird thing, then I realised that lots of things come in ten packs.
2: (laughs) Guam, Puerto Rico, (laughs) etc.
1: Yeah, overseas territories of the United States come in (laughs) ten. Google Siri. Tell me, tell me how many overseas territories the United States have. (laughs) Uh, By the time America entered the First World War, Coca-Cola was the biggest consumer of sugar in the world. And this was a time of rationing around the world. They tried to create a clear product that used less sugar. It didn't work.
4: Order. Uh. Order.
0: (laughs) Candler. Don't you hate it when the audience is funnier than you? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) ha, (laughs) ha, (coughs) ha.
2: Oh, no, oh, good on you. No, I'll take you after I'll take it. I'll take keep it. it. Uh, yes, Ken- I, I love it. Well done, guys. <laughs> I just am with that. you. Oh,
0: my God. Not again. He's turning again. us again.
1: Uh, Candler sold the Coca-Cola company in 1919 for $25 million. Matt,
2: thirdsies. Look, things have been looking up. I've just checked my stocks and, um, yeah, I'm in. Well, I mean, I'm try- I'm here to have a good time, <laughs> Try to forget about some of those troubles back home. <laughs> you- do you have to
0: bring it here, Jess? This is our family. These are our people. This is a safe place.
2: Mate, I'm going to get my accountant onto it. No, you
0: dare.
2: <laughs> are there, there, any, are there any accountants in tonight? Don't
0: raise your hand. Oh,
2: d-
1: <laughs>
0: are
2: there? No you, no,
0: you can, I guess.
2: You no. love this <laughs> accountant stuff?
0: Someone's shaking their you, head a little too enthusiastically. Oh. Oh. I thought the lady, that one, had never
1: been to the show, two, that I touched, and three, I thought that maybe you were an accountant.
0: Good night. Yeah. yeah, big night for you.
2: She's also from Guam. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Excel. I'm from etc. <laughs> Where are you from? Etc. <laughs> oh. oh. What's that accent? Etc. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh,
1: Prohibition kicked off in the U.S. in 1920 and remained uh, for over 13 years. This led to Coke being everywhere that alcohol used to be. So big time for Coke. Then in. Uh, well, oh, during this time, 1923, a 34-year-old man named Robert Woodruff became president of the Coca-Cola Company and remained there for five decades. So he was
0: 34 when he became president. Yeah. So he was pretty much already dead, wasn't he? <laughs> Imagine being 34. Imagine being in your, in your early 30s. No, mid, to be fair. Mid. mid nearly mid.
2: Mid-130s. <laughs> yeah. I'm a young, fit man, <laughs> and I will fight you all.
1: If we all had a fight to the death, everyone versus everyone, who do you reckon would win? Uh, all right. Jess, right? It's Jess.
0: Oh, wait, of the three of us, I was thinking all of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you meant us?
1: I meant everyone here together, oh. but I assumed that one of the winners would be either me, Matt or Jess. Oh, still me,
0: but let's see who my contenders are. No, I can take it. Connor,
2: me. red beard. No, nah, but he's strong. got a friendly face. He does. He's quite
0: he's, you're quite big, but, but I don't think you'd hit me. <laughs> Which is a good thing, Connor. Yeah, you're, That you're, is a compliment. Yeah, <laughs> I feel safe with you, is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah,
1: the opposite of me. You're big, I'm small. Jess is terrified of being alone with me.
0: <laughs> Usually Matt's in the middle. I'm being very brave today. <laughs> Face your fears. Tiny men with sensitive tongues. You're <laughs> I didn't like saying that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened. I'm going to be quiet for a bit.
1: I've got to keep talking with this. Very sensitive tongue.
0: Uh, so that man, uh,
1: Robert Woodruff, steered the ship through World War II. Coca-Cola made a commitment to supply Coke to the US armed forces at a cost of five cents per bottle, the same price as back home, no matter what the cost to Coke itself. So they'd... Uh, which actually cost them a lot, but it made them become beloved by the army. And then when those people returned home from war, they brought that back with them. In order to get Coca-Cola to GI stationed all over the world, Coca-Cola sent mobile bottling plants that could be set up in each of the other countries. And by the end of World War II, there were 64 mobile bottling plants in Iran, Iceland, Egypt, and Papua New Guinea. And etc. <laughs> and et cetera. Yes, I can confirm they had one. Yes, they did. <laughs> Uh, this introduced Coke to many locals that had never before had access to Coca-Cola, and the company expanded, became popular across the entire planet. So everything's going great for Coke. What could possibly go wrong? I hear you ask. Another good question from the man of the hat.
0: Matt, I'm not sure if you picked up on what Dave just said. Then, so I'm just have a quick note with Matt. Sorry, everyone. Won't be a minute. Um,
2: I can hear if, you if, if, if I'm being honest. You were
0: I... not listening. <laughs> Where didn't...
2: are you today? Well, I was making eye contact with Sam on sound, and um, he was—he winked at me, and I— <laughs> and my, you know, I extrapolated from there. I was off riding like a unicorn in a dreamscape. But anyway, Sam was there, and um, we we're having a oh, look. You asked the question. What were you talking about? Um, it
0: doesn't matter, Dave. Do go on. Thank you very much. And come on. All right. Stay with us. So what I was saying was, Coke is going really well. The dementia's kicking in, guys. We're losing him. Every day's a just a treat, you know? It's a gift, isn't it? It's a gift. That's the word I was going for. Thank you for saving me. I was like, every day's a a treat.
2: You would that was you giving me shit for being a bit vague. (laughs) You fucking idiot.
0: (laughs) That's why Dave's reports are the best. (laughs) Dave, you go on?
1: Nothing vague about this report, baby.
0: If anything, too thorough.
1: Too thorough. I know, no, I think we're right on time. In fact, let's take a little break. No. Everything was going well for Coke until the mid to late 1970s when they began losing ground to diet soft drinks and other non-Cola beverages. Also, a main rival had emerged by the name of Pepsi Cola.
2: <laughs> oh, you bloody war-loving maniacs. <laughs>
0: It was the type of thing that at the end of the episode he'd go, hey, can you edit out that bit?
1: (laughs) And we'd go, no. Uh, Pepsi conducted uh, blind taste tests in stores in what was called the Pepsi Challenge.
0: They only tested blind people. Yeah.
1: They had a very niche market, but they were on top of it. They were on top of it. (laughs) These tests uh, suggested that more consumers preferred uh, the taste of Pepsi to Coke. The sales of Pepsi started to climb, and Pepsi kicked off the challenge across the nation. The Pepsi challenge. The Pepsi challenge. Hashtag Pepsi challenge. (laughs) I'm sure sure that actually exists. Definitely. I'm sure it does. Uh, This became known as the beginning of the Cola Wars. Do you like that, you war-loving maniacs?
0: The Cola Wars. The Cola Wars. They were dark times. Because, well, I'll the give Cola you the stats War here. Because is. I remember them well. I won't go into it. We don't have time.
1: <laughs> Most people were worried about the Cold War at the time. Oh, no, no. We're worried about the Cola Wars. Uh, just after World War II, for some stats, the market share for Coca-Cola's uh, flagship beverage was 60%. So to all soft drinks, 60% were Coke. By 1983, it declined to under 24%, Ooh. largely because of the competition from Pepsi. Coca Cola kept losing ground and in 1985 decided to take a drastic step. They decided to change the formula and the taste of Coke. Now, that might seem a little crazy now to change the taste of Coke 100 years after it's been pretty popular, but the company had secretly done a lot of their own Coke challenges, which found that people liked the new flavour over Coke and over Pepsi. It won every single time. So they're like, man, it was obvious. We'll make the better drink.
0: What would I like? Bang, it's obvious. Brr. Brr. <laughs> Brr. And again, the secretary's like, for fuck's sake. Bang? I don't know. Is that that an emoji? (laughs) Bum-bum.
1: That that needs an emoji. (laughs) Uh, The company has done a lot of testing, and it was absolutely top secret. The advertising people working on the campaign worked all day at their normal jobs. And then at night, they did overtime at a secret... Other office, so people wouldn't pick up that they were working on another job. So uh, that's a coke worker going undercover as a coke worker,
0: <laughs> 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 which is ridiculous, but also genius. Hang on, no hang one on, hang on. Th- hang on. Matt hasn't got it yet. <laughs> Give him a sec. Nearly. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> he did a De Niro face. Did yeah. see that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Matt's like, you talking to me? We're like, yes, please listen. We're talking to you. We're talking to you. <laughs> it's literally, it is your job. Uh, in April 1985, a press conference was held and it was announced that Coca-Cola would be changing its recipe and
2: calling
0: the new drink, New Coke.
2: Oh, that's good. That's
0: good. I hate that so much. Uh, so Star a ca- Wars, a new Coke. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a tie-in.
0: Did you ever think? Ever. That I would make a Star Wars reference on this
2: podcast? Oh, I I didn't understand what you said. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's a good one. Like a new hope. You piece of shit. Very good. (laughs) Now, so we got new Coke. uh, But
1: that's not, it's not just new Coke. It's actually replacing old Coca-Cola. So they talked about just bringing out a new drink. But they thought, the market's already saturated. We're going to go all in on this new Coke and take away the old Coke. At the, uh, the event, the press conference, the president of Coca-Cola was asked by a journalist, are you sure it won't bomb? And he replied, it's the surest decision ever. <sighs> we didn't make the decision, the consumer did.
0: Oh, but do you reckon Arnott said that about the barbecue shapes too? Because
1: oh,
0: that was <laughs> fucked! That was not
4: okay! Oh, it just
1: never works out well, does it? And in this case as well, it turns out people were pretty attached to the old Coke, like really attached. People started uh, properly protesting with signs, picket fences were formed, they held candlelight vigils.
2: (laughs) I was there, I was there. (laughs) It was a dark time. Surely, right, this is just good marketing, right? We release a bad thing, make you miss the old thing, and then we bring back the old thing, and then you go, oh yeah, we love Coke again. Same as barbecue shapes, I can't believe you fell for that. So you're better than that, Jess Perkins. And Dave Warnicke, please do go on. Sorry. We're going to bring out uh, a shitter version
1: of this podcast, make you lis- miss it, and then we'll somehow... I think we're rich. doing that now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think this is the shitter version.
1: <laughs> I'm having a great time. Uh, people started protesting, like I said. Uh, they were wearing shirts everywhere that said they hate the new Coke. In May, uh, Coca-Cola had to hire more people at their head office to handle the 5,000 angry phone calls they got every single day oh, complaining about new Coke. Sounds like my job. By June, by June they were getting 8,000 phone calls a day. Many of the complaints were from people who didn't even drink Coke. <laughs> they were just Americans who thought that something so constant in their history shouldn't
0: change. And that's that's where a lot of problems lie for Americans.
1: <laughs> Isn't it?
0: Sorry, Hatman. <laughs> A
1: uh, psychiatrist whom Coke had hired to listen in on calls—you know when they tell you it's uh, being recorded for marketing purposes—it's actually just so they can play it to a psychiatrist. Uh, he told the executives that some people sounded as if they were discussing the death of a family member, and these people never even drank Coke.
2: Or <laughs> their family members.
1: <laughs> they never drank their family members. Never did. Uh, Even Fidel Castro, a long-time
0: Coca-Cola drinker, contributed to the backlash, calling... He called. (laughs) He called called many times. Eh? (laughs) Sorry, what did he say? Eh? Thank you. Uh, Calling,
1: uh, it's not offensive if you don't say words in the accent. (laughs) Genius plan. Uh, He called uh, New Coke a sign of American capitalist decadence. Which I love that he's obviously a big fan of a capitalist product. They introduce a new product and he's like, this is capitalism gone mad. <laughs> uh, Pepsi, of course, the rivals, took full va- advantage of consumer backlash in its advertising. Pepsi declared a company-wide holiday. That was so confident. Everyone got the day off. And they ran a full-page full ad in the New York Times proclaiming that Pepsi had won the long-running Cola Wars.
0: <laughs> Fuck off, Pepsi. LAUGHTER
1: Everyone have day off. we got this. <laughs> uh, in July, less than three months after the initial press conference, the company decided enough was enough and they held another press conference. They had to yield and they brought back Coca-Cola Classic. Uh, by the end of the year, Coca-Cola Classic was substantially outselling both Coke and uh, New Coke, which they kept as a product, and Pepsi. Six months after the rollout, uh, Coke sales had increased at more than twice the rate of Pepsis. Uh, They continued to make New Coke. It was called New Coke 2, uh, and it was discontinued in 2002. Now, what Matt was saying before, some conspiracy theorists say that the marketing conspiracy theorists, (laughs) the lamest of the conspiracy theorists, some people are focusing on steel beams. Others are focusing on Coke.
2: Dave, uh, marketing conspiracy theorists can be women too. just need you to know that.
1: He or she... Does not like the marketing... No. They said that the whole thing was a marketing ploy to rekindle allegiance in the company. The CEO addressed this and said some... At, this is at the press conference when they re-announced they're bringing back Coca-Cola Classic. He said, some people said we made a huge marketing mistake while others say we planned the whole thing. The truth is we're not that dumb and we're not that smart. <laughs> Props to Coke Man. He just
0: drops the mic and leaves. <laughs> yes. But everyone's like... <laughs> Yeah, the secretary. what?
1: <laughs> His secretary's like, "Do I add the mic drop?" Uh, these days, Coke has kept a firm lead in the U.S. carbonated drinks market. Uh, in the U.S., they currently have a 42.8% market share to Pepsi's 31.1. So, Coke uh, won the day. So, we all know that Coke is a very popular drink now. And uh, yeah. we're going to finish with our first ever live edition of Fun Facts.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love fun facts, and I, I am usually the one to decide if it's fun or not, but I think today we can throw it to the audience.
1: Okay, fun you
0: or... You get to decide if it's fun.
2: Before Got we me. go on to those, did, did you mention who put this in the hat in the first place? Oh, yes,
1: I would like to thank 001, the idea. It came from a listener who suggested the uh, Marvel Comics uh, suggestion that Nick Mason reported on so our, this our is podcast. second dip. Second dip. That was, I think, that was idea number two. So we, one and two have been taken. We are now going to just work through
2: in order.
0: There's like 400. We'll be here forever.
2: I th- well, you haven't looked in a while. There's more than. Oh
0: 400.
1: no. Uh, but that was listener Peter. Thank you, Peter. Peter. <clears throat> are you here tonight, Peter?
2: All right. Fuck you, Peter. <laughs> 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 worked. He's, Stop so, the report. <laughs> Nah, we love you, Peter. Nah, get on Peter. Peter Thomas. He actually it's designed Peter. my poster, which I'm going to give you here. at the door over there.
0: He is here. Hi, is Peter. Is he here, Peter? Here. I can see him. Yeah, it's you, mate.
2: <laughs> he is here. Peter's here.
0: T- Peter, give Peter <laughs> a round of applause, <laughs> there, <to> Peter. <laughs> no, right, but also... Do I it, take back the fuck it. you, Peter. <laughs> no, no, no. But he just said, was that me? He doesn't even remember Very passionate about the topic. I'm like, we've done a, nearly an hour of the report. I know. And Pete, you should have been sitting there like... <laughs> Like nudging people next to you, like, As mine, I, ju- I
1: suggested <laughs> it. <just laughs> That's a good suggestion, isn't it? <laughs> Imagine if Harvitha... I tra- suggested it, That
0: is.
1: That is me. Imagine <laughs> if Harvard turned to the person next to him and went,
0: this
4: topic's
1: really boring. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they'd t- talked about a serial killer or something good. <laughs> Peter, how'd I do? Seriously, did you enjoy this? Yeah, it was great. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Peter, but don't don't make your opinion just yet, because fun facts could really make or ruin the report. <laughs> this is uh, exciting. Th- uh, Coca-Cola. The first Coca-Cola made in Australia debuted in 1937, which is actually 20 years after an a- accountant in Perth uh, bought the rights to produce Coca-Cola not in Australia. Fact. It's That's not right. Fact. Coke is only here because of a Perth accountant, Jess. How do you feel about
2: that? Oh, mixed emotions. I do not Is
0: feel that the good.
2: fact? I do not feel good about is it. that. Is <laughs> that fun or not? An accountant-based fun fact. <laughs>
0: No, it's not fun. It's okay, not fun. all right. Try again,
1: monarchy. Uh, Coca-Cola has a uh, product portfolio. Of course, they're not just Coca-Cola now. They have uh, more than three thousand five hundred beverages. Across and he's going to list them.
4: <laughs>
1: well, they have so many that if you drank one every day, a different one every day, it would take you nine years to try them all.
0: And you will try that. Yes, one. I will.
1: Starting today with <laughs> Coca-Cola.
0: <laughs> oh, my tongue. <laughs> I don't like the bubbles. <laughs>
1: uh, Coca Cola's uh, $35.1 billion revenue makes it the world's 84th largest economy, just ahead of Costa Rica, which is just ahead of etc. <laughs> I'm not sure if you have a
0: grasp of what fun facts are.
1: Uh, Coke was the first soft drink drunk in space. Cop that, Pepsi! Oh, See, that's, that's fun. fun. That's, that's a fun fact.
0: Yeah, fun. I'm getting some nods. <laughs> about this, Not uh, applause, but a, a, bit of, a bit of this. <laughs> they're doing a bit of well, this. Get your hands
1: ready. Get your hands ready. If uh, all the Coca-Cola ever produced were put in uh, the 8-ounce Contour Coke bottle, the classic Coke bottle, and these bottles were distributed to each person in the world, there would be 1,104 bottles per person.
2: It's a lot of ifs, Dave. <laughs>
0: no... But that's very sweet of you. You're good people.
1: Uh, final one. God, this is not fun. This is not fun. Coca-Cola is available in uh, over 200 countries. And uh, 1.7 billion, with a B, Coca-Cola beverages are drunk every day. Woo! That is equivalent to 19,400 beverages every second.
0: That's 19,000.
1: That's 19,000. Cool. 19, yeah. 19,000 more. You get the idea, and so on and so forth. <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Coca-Cola. <laughs> uh, I was going to drop the mic there, but then realised I do not own this microphone, so I do. Am- I love the venue, so that thank was you very that, much.
0: That was the most gentle mic drop ever. Easy, guys, and here, easy. Look,
1: I'm looking here, we've got bloody two minutes. No, it's one minute. One minute to spare.
0: Well done. We got to a Dave report in it.
1: one hour. I'm so excited about that.
0: Well done, Dave. Uh, guys, thank you
1: so much. Give yourselves a big round of applause for coming out today. Dave Warnocky for
2: his report. everybody. Oh, thank you! Oh, thank you so much! Thank you so much. Sam Peterson on sound. Give him. Thank you, Sam.
0: Good job, Sam. Uh, now, if you are listening
1: at home, we're going to do two more of these reports this coming Sunday. If you My report th- next week. Oh uh,
0: boy!
2: Matt will
1: actually have to concentrate on the show.
0: No, he won't. No, probably not. <laughs> he still zones out.
2: I've already. The topic's already been selected via the Patreon poll. It was all options were Australian-based because a friend of uh, the show, like I can't remember his name, not a good friend, but a a guy came up to me at the uh, Planet Broadcasting launch. He's like, "How about an an Australia? Oh, you're here? Oh, uh, it's Claire. <laughs> oh, Coke's pretty good though.
0: <laughs>
2: anyway, yeah, so that that's going to be fun. I haven't started writing it, but bloody hell, I'm confident that I will write a good. <laughs>
1: Okay, that's enough. Uh, But thanks so much for coming out today, guys. Uh, Give yourselves a round of applause, and uh, that means we can leave. (laughs) And there it is, another live episode recorded in front of a packed house at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Thank you so much to everyone that came down and supported the show live. It really was a lot of fun again, and I also have to say thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon at patreon.com slash do go on pod. It really means a lot to us, and I would specifically like to thank three Patreon legends right here, right now, and I heard just last week, avoid using any puns. Not for me. I am going to give it a crack, even on my own, without anyone to react or to take me down. In fact, this could go for several years, this segment. I would first like to thank a listener who has supported the show for a while now. Thank you to Tanya Miles. Thank you, Tanya. I would walk 500 miles to say thank you, Tanya. You are an absolute legend. And the next person I'd like to thank, all the way from Dallas, Texas. And don't freak out that we've been stalking you, mate, because... uh, you gave us your address when you first signed up so we could send you things in the mail, like the bonus Christmas card that we sent at Christmas time, and hopefully in the future more stuff will come your way. All the way from Dallas, Texas, it's Michael McDowell, and I'd like to say thank you, because you're worth it. The same slogan that Andy McDowell, who was the face of L'Oreal, has used for over 30 years, and I can only presume is your mother or auntie or something else. So thank you, Michael McDowell. What a legend. And a final big thank you to Andrew Perry. Andrew Perry, we appreciate your support. I would like to say thank you, but I'm going to do as your surname Perry is defined as in the Macmillan Dictionary and avoid answering a question by asking a different question or saying something clever. Hmm? Okay, I've got nothing clever, so I will just say thank you to Andrew Perry. So thanks, Andrew, Michael, and Tanya. If you would like to support us on Patreon, it is patreon.com slash dogoonpod and we will send you out a bonus episode once a month. We've uh, fallen a bit behind this month because of the Melbourne Comedy Festival because we're doing a million shows, uh, both live pods and other stuff, but that will be coming out very, very soon and uh, you get other other rewards, please uh, do check out that page. If you want to get in contact with us, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at DugoOnPod. If you are more of an email type of person, please send us an email at dogoonpod at gmail.com. But until next time, that is the uh, end of another episode, and I will say a goodbye. And Matt would usually say latest.